have things inside of me. I have to express them. I have my music. I have my life, my feelings. I just don't want to go through life thinking I could have been. Hello again. Hello. Just called to say hello. It's the My Favorite Film Podcast. I'm Gav Smith, back again talking about films. Uh, this episode, it's, well, it's not back to musicals. It's kind of a film with a musical element, but it's not really a musical. Does that sound about right? Um, I'm joined by Philip Simon. Uh, Philip, do you want to just introduce yourself to the folks home, tell us what you do, a little bit about yourself, that type of thing? Sure. I am Philip Simon, and I'm a stand-up comedian, a former actor, uh, still do a bit of acting here and there, but kind of turned my back on it after the heady heights of playing Daddy Pig in the West End and UK theatre tour of Peppa Pig. Wow. I feel like <laughs> at that point, uh, and that's when I started stand-up, and that's what I've been doing for the past 12 years. I, I feel I need a Daddy Pig grunt. Just... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how many people ask for that, actually. I'll, I'll give you my... My best snort. Nice. Very sure. good. Are they, there was training. Yeah, I, I imagine there was lots of training. I'm sure that took yeah. years to perfect that. Or months, Tra- training maybe. and therapy. <laughs> the therapy came afterwards, presumably. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this film, I said it's not a musical because it's, I don't know, I wouldn't mm. class it as a musical. I don't know. How do you class? Do you, would you say it's a, a musical, or is it just a, a film with musical elements? I wouldn't say it's a musical. I think it's kind of probably closest to something a bit more like Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man, where yeah, yeah. it's it's a it's a musical film, but the songs in it are more charting one particular pop star's journey. Because right. actually, a lot of the music was written specifically for the film yeah. by the star yeah um but it's not a musical like lin manuel miranda is going to pull off where every single line is spoken uh, sorry every single line is sung and it all leads towards big numbers and so on so i've never considered it as a musical bizarrely yeah but i love musicals i do i'm a big fan it's it's amazing how many uh, musicals i've done on the show that i didn't think i was a fan of musicals but i've now watched Mm. so many different musicals for this show that i kind of I like a musical nowadays. <laughs> that's all right. So tell us what the film is, because that's probably a good idea. And if you could do a brief plot synopsis, that would be awesome. Yes. So the film is The Jazz Singer, which is a remake of an original film from the 20s. Yeah. And it, it uh, starred Neil Diamond and Laurence Olivier. And basically, Neil Diamond plays the son of a, a cantor, a singer in a synagogue in New York, who has other ideas. He doesn't want to just be the next in the generational line of singers in the synagogue. He wants to go out there and find his own congregation as a pop star. And he he does that. He, he goes off to LA to kind of find himself. And it's that's his story. It's about kind of leaving home, finding who he is, yeah. the, the trials and tribulations of 
uh, being a singer-songwriter and, and so on. Sounds reasonable enough. That's, that, that sounds like the film to me. So when, when did you first see it? I mean, it's 1980, this film. So that's, what, 43 years ago? Yeah, so you I don't look. You I'm, don't look old enough to have, have seen this at the cinema. I'll be honest with you. Go on. Well, I have a very soft filter that I use <laughs> on these things. No, I I'm 45, and I I first saw this film when I was about eight. My wow! I'd been in hospital for a couple of weeks. I'd had a couple of operations that had no bearing on the rest of my life. So I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, but, fair enough. Uh, it meant I had about three weeks off school afterwards to recover. And my dad brought me just some videos to watch back in the day of videos. Um, And there were two films that I fell in love with at that time. And when I was thinking about what film to talk about, it was either one of these. And I I chose this one because it something that has stuck with me more as the, the, um, as as my life has gone on. The first (laughs) film was Clockwise, which stars John Cleese as a, a hapless headmaster who's desperately trying to get to a particular conference. Um, and what I loved about that film, first of all, it was very funny, and I wasn't allowed to laugh for fear of disrupting <laughs> stitches. Oh, but no. I, it was it was very funny. And one of my first acting jobs when I left drama school was with a director called Christopher Morahan, and I never realised at the time that he had directed that film. Wow. So that just as a, a as a story, that it was one of my favourite films then. But the jazz singer, eight years old, I didn't know Neil Diamond at all. <laughs> and if some, no. I imagine if my dad had said to me, hey, son, there's this amazing singer I think you should know about. I'd be like, yeah, whatever, dad, I'm eight. Put on CBBS, please. Yeah. Um, so, so I watched this film and I absolutely loved it. I loved the story. I loved the music. The soundtrack is incredible. As I said, I think he wrote pretty much every song for it. I think yeah. he had three kind of chart hits uh, yeah with the songs yeah. from the Big hits from, from it yeah. um so really really huge impact on me i have since developed a love of neil diamond that uh is, is borderline obsessed no it's not uh but i, I i've seen him live <laughs> I, I did go once i took my dad once to a concert to see yeah. him live um and sweet caroline has always been my choice of karaoke number Fair um enough. so i think it started at a a bit of a, a love affair with Neil Diamond anyway. But just the story, it, it was the first time, growing up as a Jewish boy in northwest London, it was one of the first times I'd seen Jewish representation on yeah. screen. Yeah. And also it was really interesting seeing how he was conflicted about his Judaism. Because at that, even at that stage, I kind of knew I wanted to go into performing. I, I, I didn't, I had nothing else I was good at, really. <laughs> And, and I'd always been brought up reform as a Jewish person. So that's like almost secular, but not quite right, secular. Right. Um, but in my mind, I'd always been like, well, there's, of course, there's a God. And of course, I'll wherever I am in the world, I'd go to synagogue. And, and to watch this story kind of unfold of a boy who leaves New York, where he's very immersed in the Jewish community, um, to then find himself in LA, which is an incredibly different environment. Yeah, yeah. It challenges his perception of life, his, it challenges his marriage, it challenges kind of everything that he knows to be um sort of knows to be normal. Yep. And it gets him everything he wants ultimately. But what's the cost of that? What's the what's the kind of give and take of that? Because yes, he's got 
the whole new congregation who love him. They, he's yeah, a yeah, superstar. Yeah. But he's yeah. also got this family back home who he's now potentially estranged from. And yeah, so yeah. And, I mean, yeah. for an eight-year-old, what a pretentious quiet <laughs> I must have been. But um, I was, I was kind of thinking that. an eight-year-old. <laughs> an eight. I mean, I imagine this is stuff I've thought as I've watched the film over the years. I don't imagine that was on my first sitting. <laughs> Probably still heavily under the effects of the anaesthetic. Uh, going, oh my God, this guy, this journey he's on. I mean, what what journey are we all on? I imagine, I've watched the film a number of times over the years. I've listened to the soundtrack endlessly. Yeah, yeah. When I listen to collections of Neil Diamond, those are often the, the ones that I settle on, you know, b- before just hitting skip. Yeah. Because the, the songs are are great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it just, it stuck with me. So was was your dad a big Neil Diamond fan? Is that why he chose this film for being a one to watch in your recuperation? Possibly. He he was a and still is a really big football fan, a Chelsea right. supporter. Okay. And I was not into football at all. Right. And to be honest, I think he probably showed me this film. He must have liked Neil Diamond, but he probably showed me this film saw that I loved it and thought, finally, something I can bond <laughs> with this child. I wasn't convinced was mine. Um, <laughs> that, so I think probably the two of us latched onto it as that because we had a great relationship, but he had football with my brother and two sisters yeah. that he didn't have with me. Right. And therefore this, whether it was clockwise whether it was jazz singer, this was just something. And I, even now, we still talk about films, and uh, we still talk about things we've seen, and Neil Diamond, or whatever. So, yeah. I, I think yeah. that was probably a big part of it. So, your love of film and, and music became your bond with your dad, rather than football, which you had with the rest of your siblings, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it had a massive effect on you. That it was something that you you grew to love straight away. Thinking as an, an eight year old boy, haven't seen this. That that must have been a, an odd thing. So, did you then go out and watch it multiple times whilst you were recuperating? Then was it something that you just kept? Oh, I'll put it on again. I'll put it on again. Or I don't remember specifically that. But <laughs> seeing how my kids are now with a film they like, I f- yeah. feel I must have been that annoying kid that's like, nope, I don't want to watch something new. I want to watch this, what I know. So I probably did watch it a couple of times, or at least I imagine what I might have done was gone to the songs I liked or the right. bits or the bits I liked. There, yeah. there was one moment of potential adult awakening, shall we say. <laughs> and I imagine that bit of the tape got worn through quicker. Used a few times. <laughs> um, just, you know, I was only eight, but just yeah. in, in terms of, What's going on? What yeah. is this? They're not married. Um, so so I think it's probably more that I dipped in and out of it during right. that time. Right. Um, but clockwise, I mean, even clockwise, I've watched a couple of times. Yeah, but yeah. as I said, I wasn't, I couldn't laugh without being in excruciating pain. So yeah. Jazz Singer was not a funny film. It was no. a beautiful film. Mm. Uh, it, it didn't, it wasn't a successful film. I believe. Uh, <laughs> um, it's kind of it's gathered more success, I think, through the years. Yeah, it's uh, a more well-respected film now than it was when it first came out. Yeah. One of the things I like to do when I watch a film is go onto IMDb and look at the trivia section. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if you've done good. that for this film. <laughs> um, I've done it for. I mean, Sound of Music. That if you if you love the Sound of Music, do not look at the trivia <laughs> section because you will see it is all lies. Yeah. Um, all of it. But, all of it. And the whole thing, the whole thing yeah. is lies. It's yeah. bizarre. 
how inaccurate that film is yeah. to the true story. But some the jazz thing, I happened, I, I, and I can't sleep at night. I sometimes what, what films do I want to learn about? And I just look through the trivia of IMDb. Um, so I've I've done that a few times with yeah. um, with the jazz singer, and I mean you've got Laurence Olivier, yeah, who, who they cast they cast him as the dad, yeah, and he's he's got a. He's he's living in in New York, living in America, but he's clearly got the kind of Holocaust past because he's got the accent and he's got a, mm-hmm. a story about. There's a beautiful story he's where he gets a bit uh, sort of caught up in himself. He's had a few too many wines and he's talking about <laughs> this this history that, that he has. And um, that's Laurence Olivier, and you think that'd be amazing? And then he's on record as saying, "I did these kind of rubbish films for the money." I only, you know, he thought it might be a commercial success, but apparently, <laughs> when it came out, he was telling nobody to go and see it. Um, oh. It's the film had two directors because the first director got fired halfway through because the yep. vision was just awful. Yep. Um, the the Razzie Awards, which are the kind of the anti Oscars, yeah, uh, the first year, the very first year those happened, Neil Diamond won for worst actor and Laurence Olivier won one for worst supporting actor. Wow. So, you know, it's very impressive, it, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? It's like they went, this film is so bad. We are going to create some awards to, re- <laughs> to recognize how awful it is. How bad a um, film it is. Yeah. But for me as a young English boy watching it, I know who Laurence Olivier was because, yeah. you know, British theater. And so I was watching and going, Oh my God, that's it's Laurence Olivier. And then one of the main characters is played, uh, by Lucianas, who was the daughter of Lucille Ball, yeah, and um, oh, R- Ricky Arnas, I think or, so. I think awful to yeah. his name, yeah. Or, but you know, so an amazing cast, amazing lineup of people, and two directors, and they still isn't hugely commercially successful at the time. No. No. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I loved it, and I still do. I'm, I'm trying to think of. Young Philip going back to school as an eight-year-old after this time off and going, oh, I saw this great film. How did you tell your friends? <laughs> or did you not mention the fact that The Jazz Singer was now your all-time favourite film in front of your eight-year-old I, friends in the play yard? I think I probably <laughs> went in humming some of the songs. <laughs> and, and that was enough to make people go, we don't need him in our group. Anymore, like if if WhatsApp had been a thing, it would have been Philip has been asked to leave the group. Um, I I honestly don't remember how no. I shared the information. It it definitely, I think I knew it wasn't cool. Yeah, I I knew that Neil Diamond wasn't at my age cool. No, um, so I don't I don't know. Uh, I, I wish I could remember because it's a very good question <laughs> how I would have kind of outed myself as uh, as a geek. But, you know, I I mean, probably they already knew I was into that sort of uh, quirkier side of of life anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I guess that's it's probably not something you did admit to in the playground because that would lead to all sorts of bullying and torment. No, but interesting... I remember we went to a friend's house for a for his birthday party once. It must have been about 12, 11 or 12. And as the going home present, we all got a VHS of something. Wow. And I think most people picked from the box that selection you could have. Most people picked like Terminator, um, 
whatever. And I don't know why I picked it because I'd never seen the film, but I picked a film called Dad, which starred Jack Lemmon, Ted Danson and Ethan Hawke, Olympia Dukakis as well. And it's all about a a son having to come back when his parents get too old. And it's a beautiful, really beautiful, beautiful film. Sure it is. And... Everyone else was like, yeah, Terminator. <laughs> like I said, I'll, I'll take this lovely art flick. You know. <laughs> I don't want anyone killing anybody in this, no. No, no. I'll watch Terminator, but I don't, I don't need to own it. <laughs> Excellent. That's how your films have been categorized from that point. Just art Absolutely. flicks, nice, beautiful films, and that type of thing. We, except my wife and I, literally yesterday, were clearing out some of our old DVDs that we've never yep. watched and never will, and yeah. And the ones we've decided to hold on to, and I think she was actually upset this isn't my f- favourite choice of film, was Back to the Future, because she, oh. that's a film we we watched to, the trilogy together quite early yeah. on in our dating life. Yeah. Um, but also this film's like Shawshank Redemption, which I love, mm. and Casablanca and yeah. Gone with the Wind. So I guess it's always been a slightly eclectic mix. Yeah. But I think when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about on the show... Yep. Yes, there are films that I enjoy and love, but mm. there's something about the jazz singer and the fact that it had that connection with my that connection with my dad and it had the yeah. um uh just the, the longevity of mm. S- mm. stuff it's uh it's kind of led to over the years. So th- this has turned you into a Neil Diamond fan then. So yeah. through the years you've then started collecting his albums and seen him live. So I saw him live once that Dad and I went to, I guess it must have been Wembley. Well, it's one of them. Somewhere we went yeah. to see it, him live. Which, and it was amazing. It was amazing. Obviously, we, we had amazing seats. I don't quite know why we had amazing seats. We did. We had amazing <laughs> seats. Um, I think it was, a, it was the film and the soundtrack because right. I, I listened to the soundtrack a lot. Yeah. And... The songs are just brilliant. They're, they're really catchy songs. I said three of them were hits uh, anyway. Yeah. Which I, I don't think I realised at the time. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I wasn't big on listening to pop music. The fact that I've yeah. even said the phrase pop music suggests how <laughs> uncool I am with all of this. But Didn't so I, I think it's more... Show thing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Top of the pops. Um <laughs> I think it was more the soundtrack. And then as yeah. I've, I probably had a couple of the albums from car boot sales, getting CDs right. and things like that. And yeah. now I've just got you know, the best of Neil Diamond on playlists and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and that's, that's it's good. a mood thing. If I'm, if I'm wanting to be feel upbeat or, um, you know, I'm get, going to the very rare occasions I go to the gym, I might want to <laughs> put something upbeat that, that w- would be my go-to. Um, the only other album I ever bought of Neil's, first name terms, I think it's okay by now, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. was yeah, um, he, d- he did a Christmas album. Right. And again, as a, a good Jewish boy, I'm like, that's hilarious. Like this, He's, he's <laughs> out odd, there. Yeah, as, yeah he's, not, he's not a secret Jew, which is something that is coming yeah. back in fashion now. Yeah. He's not a secret Jew. He's quite open about it. Yeah. But he's done a Christmas album of carols and things. And it's it's great. So I um, so I got that, and I every year we used to go to my aunt's house for Christmas lunch. It's my dad's sister. Uh, it was about an hour's drive, and every yep. year my tradition would be 
I'll play the CD as I'm driving. To, and then when I met my wife and we started to make that journey, suddenly that CD went missing. <laughs> <laughs> and even once a year, I wasn't allowed to listen to it. But there was it was just hilarious to me that this good Jewish boy had done a Christmas a album. Christmas. Yeah, I've just I, looked it up on Amazon and it is, it's it's proper Christmas songs. Yeah. Uh, it's like Silent Night. Emmanuel, uh, We Three Kings, Silent yeah. Night. And it's, I mean, it's, exactly, it's exactly how you think Neil Diamond would sing Silent Night, by the way. It's not It's not like, it's not off-brand for him. It's completely nope. how you think, you know, if you imagine Neil Diamond as you would know him for Sweet Caroline, just yeah. change the words to <laughs> Silent Night. And it, it's totally on brand. I might, I might have to have a listen after the show and just mm. hear the Christmas, the Christmas tones of Neil Diamond. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Yeah, but this is the thing about Neil Diamond. Without wanting to be his, you know, his pimp, yeah. uh, <laughs> he he's actually written loads of songs that you don't realise are his, yeah. because he, he was a singer songwriter. Yeah, but he was a songwriter far, far longer than he was a singer. Mm. Um, so loads of songs that. Other people have done um, red red wine. It's a classic yeah. example. Yeah, that UB forty, I think, did the the really yeah, famous yeah. one. They did, yeah. Um, but but he wrote that. So there's loads of songs that are out there, and when you hear him sing them, you go, "Oh, why is he doing a cover of that?" Of that, so, yeah, because it's his song. So some of the songs he's done are just, I I love them, absolutely love yeah. them, and some versions of them. He's got a beautiful version of. Um, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. Right. Okay. Which is just it's again his gravelly voice. It's yeah. It's brilliant. It's very distinctive uh, tone, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I'm 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 tempted now to have a, a little listen to some of those, but uh, yeah, not right now because that'd be a stupid thing to do in the middle of a podcast. I'll just stick a Neil Diamond album on. That'll be fun. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, best way of doing it is by email myfavoritefilmpodcast at gmail You can find us on X or Twitter, whichever one you call it. At my fave film, uh, Instagram. It's at my fave film, favorite film podcast, and it's the same on Threads. I really should have thought about all these social media things before I set up the podcast, but I didn't. So luckily, I've put them all onto our website, www.myfavoritefilm.com, and you can find all of that stuff on there. Zencaster are my proud sponsors. They let me use their software for free because I give them an advert every week. Uh, if you want to use Zencaster, which is a great package for doing all of your online meetings, hosting your podcasts, all of that type of thing, 4K video and sound, it's great. Cuts out all the ums and ahs and that type of stuff for you. It's quite a nice little package. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing. My code MFF will give you 30% off your first month of Zencaster. Zencaster is spelled without the E. So that's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. There you go. Theme tune was performed, written, and performed, in fact, by the Craig Will Collaboration. Their album, Long Way Home, is still available. You can still get it, although it's been out a long time now. Uh, Phil, have you got anything that you want to sell at this point? Because it's an ideal time to sell stuff. I've got so much I want well, to sell. Um, <laughs> so there's a few things. Uh, I do a podcast as well. It's called You Talking to Me. And it's a, nice. a Jewish chat show. Thank you. I, I do it with my co-host, Rachel Krieger. Uh, we started it in lockdown because everyone did. Yeah. And um, it, it's a mix of growing up Jewish. What are the foods you remember? The What are the 
nice bits. It it's not political at all, which is something I think we've had to really hammer home lately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's just about traditions and what what's important to us. We've had some really lovely guests who have had such varied, um, such varied kind of backgrounds. The next episode to go out, which probably will go out just before my episode here goes out, is Carrie Grant who people remember from right. Fame Academy and uh, yeah. Pop Idol and things like that, who yeah. didn't even know she was Jewish until she was 18. So what? Uh, that's a really fascinating episode. Wow. We've had yeah. we've, we had Mara Wilson, who was the little kid in Matilda and yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire. We've had Graham Goldman from 10CC, uh, Anthony Horowitz, some really lovely guests who've given up their time generously to chat with us. Uh, so we, we do that, Jew Talking to Me, wherever you get your podcasts. Sounds um, good. I also created a children's show during lockdown when comedy was technically illegal, live comedy. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it, it was called Schools Out Comedy Club, where children sent in jokes and I made videos telling the jokes. And it's all on social media, all on YouTube, Schools Out Comedy Club. There is a joke book as well, which we are selling to raise money for charity. So all the jokes sent in by children get went in the book. And... Um, they, they all get credited. There's some cartoons done by comedian Joe Ball. Um, we sell those joke books to raise money for Fair Share, which is a hunger charity. So if you want to go to my website, philipsimon.co.uk forward slash shop, you'll see that and a couple of other little things I do, including a daddy pig related bit of merch. <laughs> we like that, um, a bit of daddy and, pig related merch. Yeah. And then my last thing that just the socials is uh, at Philips Comedy everywhere. So... Yeah. Uh, wh- whatever platform you're on, Philip's Comedy, 1L and Philip, yeah. um, that's where you'll you, find me. You thought about your branding before doing that, which was a good I did. idea. I, I didn't did. at all, and now you can't change it. So once it's in place, it's in place. I, I had to because there was a Philip Simon already ah. on Twitter, and he'd wow. only tweeted like six times ever. But he had the account, and that's but it. He had the account, and when I sent him an email saying, hey, I wonder if you'd mind letting me have the account, he blocked me. So wow. I thought, well, fine, I'll just come up with something. And I tried a few various options. I think at one point I was the real Phil, the real Philip Simon, <laughs> because, you know, that that works. Uh, but Philip's comedy seems to be the, the yeah. brand I've gone for. Yeah, I like it. It works. Yeah. Thank you. I shall put links to all of those things in the show notes. going to try and look a bit more into why this is your favourite film now. Okay. So who's your favourite character? It's not acting, performance, anything like that. Your favourite character in the film. I mean, I'm guessing I'm probably going to know who it is, but go on, tell me. I mean, it, it, it's going to be Laurence Olivier's the dad uh, right. character, yeah. but there is another character I would reference first because one of the songs that Neil Diamond wrote for the show was called Love on the Rocks, Yeah, and it's a beautiful ballad. It, he wrote yes. it as a ballad. There's a bit where he plays it. Um, have you you've seen the film? Have you, yes, you, yes. Yeah. I assumed, I assumed good research. Well. <laughs> um, I have done so, it before where I haven't watched the film, but I, had, I did. I have seen this one, so it's all right. <laughs> uh, so there's a bit... So he writes this song. It's called Love on the Rocks. It's a beautiful, beautiful melody. And then he gets taken out to LA because a pop star wants to wants to record the song. Yeah. And he gets there and he gets into the studio and it's a singer who ruins the song he wants it to be upbeat and, and like a really a rock number and neil diamond goes into the booth and says you know can i just 
can I just try it like this? Because this is how I wrote it. This is how it should be. And he plays it and the guy comes out and goes, oh, that was brilliant. Well done. Get out. You're fired. And, go, <laughs> and basically records the song how he wants to. And that yeah. actor was British actor Paul Nicholas. Yeah. Of um, just good friends fame, yeah, and yeah, Jesus Christ superstar, yeah, fame. all so, those type of things, yeah. Really, so again, when I was watching the film as an eight-year-old, for me to see a Hollywood movie with recognizable names I or recognizable so, yeah. faces, at least, I probably didn't know who he was specifically then, but no, I, I recognized the face. That always stuck with me. Yeah, but I think character-wise, I love the. I love the character of the dad um, yeah. because he's he's that thing. He's got one foot in the past, one foot yeah. in the present, and he's desperately trying to maintain um, the the security. I guess of he's escaped the Holocaust. My yeah. family, my, just I was second generation, I guess. So my dad's parents had come over from Germany yeah. and Poland. So and we'd lost many family members in the Holocaust. So. Yeah. It was, and we knew about even at that age. I knew about that yeah, at, yeah. even at eight. Um, so to see a character like that who was so torn between, I guess, wanting his his son to follow his dreams, but also yeah. wanting his son to follow his dreams, which yeah. was that we will be safe and secure here in New York. You're married. Yeah. You'll have a kid. You'll do that. You know, and all of that was just watching it even as an eight-year-old and I, I hadn't even thought about it from what you said before but yes it must have been other times watching it over the years because there's no way I was this mature as an eight-year-old so so yeah for me the character of the dad was was great and there's, there's a few scenes he flies out to LA and there's I guess consequences to, to that happening yeah. when he comes to see his son then there's a bit where Neil Diamond's character, Jess Robin, or Jess Robinovich as he was, comes yeah, back yeah. to New York to uh, to see his dad and appeal to him to keep the family strong. So that, just that whole relationship between the two of them was, for me, was what made the film. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mentioned because you you said you think you know who my favourite character is going to be. Is that was that well, correct? I or? actually thought it was going to be the Neil Diamond character. So I I thought that it was going to be Jess Robin. I thought that because he's he is the character that's on screen most of the time. It's his story. It's about his rise to fame. Him turning his back, I suppose, on his his past and and becoming something different. So I kind of thought that you'd follow with that because it's kind of like that's that's the story, but. I did love him, but he is quite a flawed character and quite a selfish character. Very, yeah. <laughs> as well. And, you know, I'm not saying don't go off and follow your dreams, no. but it's really difficult. Maybe as an eight-year-old, you're thinking about it differently. Mm. But mm. what I saw was a son basically tell his dad to sod off. Yeah, yeah. That's kind and of what the story I, is. Isn't it? <laughs> you know, one of the early scenes is he's he's singing in the synagogue. So I was going to have a. <coughs> right. Uh, for, for anyone that doesn't know, the the role of the cantor in the synagogue is that you sing the prayers, and you're almost on a par with the rabbi, with the minister right. of the of the synagogue, and that you lead some services. And, yeah. And there's a scene where, and very early on, where Neil Diamond's character Jess Rabinovich is singing in the synagogue, and 
his friend comes into the synagogue to kind of go, we've got a, we've got a concert, not a concert. We've got a gig. Yeah, we got a gig. Yeah. We got a gig. We got to go. As so he speeds up the singing of the prayers in yeah. order to leave yeah. the service early. And whilst that's funny and, you know, you can relate to it as someone who's now I know what it is to be, I've got a gig and the promoter won't understand if I'm late. If you're late, yeah, yeah. Um, there's also something very heartbreaking about watching his dad see his son kind of turn his back on his heritage. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, it, I assume, I mean, I'm not sure, but I'm assuming the role of, of a cantor is a really important role within the synagogue, within the whole praise that you're doing. So then yeah. speed that up and change the way that the service is being run because you've got to be somewhere is, I would have thought, very frowned upon within the church, within the synagogue, yeah. Yeah, and also a synagogue is, is steeped in tradition. So Yeah, it's got to be. If you suddenly change the tune of a song, that takes committee decision. You're changing the <laughs> rhythm, the timing, absolutely everything without any kind of a meeting, an AGM, yeah. anything. Yeah, you can't just so re- it, remix it, basically. It's yeah. just not allowed. And, and then, after he does that gig, something happens at the gig, which actually means he gets arrested, and his dad has to bail him out yeah. of jail. Yeah. So it's like, well, this guy's utterly flawed. Yeah. Oh, he is very flawed. And his, his dad is just trying... You know, he's a single dad at this point. The, the mum's obviously not with him anymore. Yeah. He's living with his son and his son's wife. Yep. And they're, they're just trying to uh, survive, which mm. is what, what he's had to do all this time anyway. So yeah. for me, the dad was the favourite character, plus Laurence Olivier. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, let's move from that then. You said earlier about the fact that the Razzies were kind of invented almost for this film. And they gave out <laughs> the, the worst actor ever for these is there a, a good performance in this? Is, who is the best performance? Is it Olivier that is the best performance? I do, I do love his performance in it, uh, mm. but I think looking back on it, the there's probably two standout performances for me, and that's the two women who get caught up mm. in um, in Jess Robbins' life. So he's <laughs> got the the original wife, who's Rivka uh, yep. Rivka Rabinovich, who. Yep. Uh, you know, devoting wife. She's she, as far as she's aware, she's going to be the cantor's wife, and that's yeah. a big role because she'll probably have to host Shabbat lunches and dinners and whatever. So it's yeah. it's like being the the, I guess if the rabbi's the president, it's like being the the vice president or the the first lady married to the vice president. Yeah, yeah. So it's, enough, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she has to obviously go through this whole process of watching her marriage kind of implode. Yeah. Whilst whilst not publicly admitting defeat yeah with any of this yeah. and wanting to support she obviously loves her husband so she wants to support his dreams and and support his uh his journey but then at the same time she goes out to uh to LA to see him and realizes actually he's met someone else who is yeah. furthering his career yeah and doing all the work to make him a star yeah and there's also a personal relationship which grows as the film goes on. Yeah. So the two of them together, so Luke, that's Lucy Arnaz who plays Molly Bell, yeah. who's the the love interest. Yes. And there's a there's such an 
a realism to both of them. And again, yeah. I doubt I knew this when I was eight. No, I'm but, sure you didn't. But you <laughs> if know. you did, you're far more pretentious than yeah. I thought. <laughs> oh, and, and make no mistake, I'm very pretentious. But um, but there's just something about uh, about it. Like there's there's lines I just didn't understand when I was certainly when I was eight. But for yeah. years, I didn't really understand. But yeah. the the gist of it from the acting tells you what it is. So there's a bit where. Um, uh, where, where Neil Diamond's character storms out. He's had enough. He had, he's had a hissy fit yeah. and he storms out and he disappears for months. Just goes yeah. on the road and just, just, that's it. I can't take, and a, a proper diva fit. And uh, Molly Bell, the, the love interest character, goes to, as as he has stormed out, goes to his best friend, Bubba, who's another great character, yeah, by the yeah. way. Um, yeah. Another one bites the dust. Yeah. And I, I didn't know what that meant. I, I just, I didn't have a clue at eight what that no. what that meant, and as I've watched it again and again and again over the years, it transpires that she knew at that point she was pregnant and she was going to have to now raise a child by herself yeah. because yeah. her boyfriend had left. Oh, all that. So uh, all of that came across without me even understanding the language that was what being was used. going on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, uh, it would be interesting to go back to being an eight-year-old and watching this with very, very young eyes. Because I can't remember when I first saw it. I'm a bit older than you. I can't remember when I first saw it, but I was probably maybe even in my 20s before I saw it. It certainly wasn't mm. a film I saw as a child because it didn't interest me at all. Like your friends at the party, I was probably more like Terminator. Yeah, yeah. that'll do me. I'll have some of that. I never saw it really young. I saw it when I probably understood everything that went on in the film, other than possibly some of the the Jewishness, because I'm I'm not a Jew myself. Therefore, some of that stuff isn't stuff that I know anything about. Therefore, it was just watching it the first time and going, I'm not really sure what's going on there. I mean, there's a there's a brilliant bit, a really funny moment in it. Mm. So the, the only funny moment really. <laughs> Where were you all right to watch that? You didn't break. I, I, I was all right. Or... That that, okay. that bit was fine. I think I was more shocked than. But now I realise it's funny. Where Molly Bell is trying to make a, a home for for Jess. <clears throat> trying, he's, she's trying to make a home for Jess and make him realise that LA is the place to be. Yeah, you don't have to go to New York yeah. uh, because it, I, everything's here. I'm here. We're together. Whatever. Yeah. So she she does a whole. Friday night dinner for him. She does the whole <laughs> lights the candles, they do the wine. She, yeah, and yeah. it it's really a beautiful moment. And then she she puts this roast on the table for them to eat as their Friday night dinner. And it's pork. It's not roast chicken. <laughs> it's the most unkosher thing. And there's this <laughs> this beautiful look he gives her. This almost he's embarrassed, but she's more embarrassed. And yeah, uh, you know, thank thanks for trying, but I can't even I can't even pretend. And again, that's I guess the the thing about him being quite selfish. She's gone to all this trouble. Yeah. And if in my kind of repressed way, I'd have been like, well, I guess I eat pork now then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll give it a try. Yeah. You yeah. never know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't dream of saying to somebody, no, no, no. Um, I can't eat that. So yeah, there, there's just some <laughs> some weird <laughs> moments that I look yeah. back at and think, God, what kind of eight rod was I? <laughs> Very interesting, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a few scenes there. It, have you got a favourite scene? Is the one that stands out that would be the one, other than the adult awakening you talked about earlier, is the one that would now wear out the video? <laughs> there's a bit when he's, there's, I guess, a montage mm. 
when he's on the There's road. Lots of montages. Yeah, where he's. Even as you say that, I'm like, oh, maybe it's a different one. <laughs> it's just, it's just the songs, the song. The, yeah. Okay, there's a bit where he arrives in LA and he's been fired. So we, I explained before about, um, about uh, Paul Nicholas's character firing. Yeah, him. yeah. Uh, and they, they go, they just go back to the house and just they have a bit of a party and they're singing a song and it, it's just a beautiful song. It's just a fun. It's called Robert E. Lee and it's just a fun. You know, he, he's on the banjo playing it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the plinky plonk of the, the banjo and yeah. just very character. And there's clearly, you can see the chemistry building between the two of them. So that that's a great moment because it, it's a song. So I think the songs are probably what I would watch again and again and again. Yeah. The montage, the montage where he's away from home when he's gone on the run, as it were. Yeah. Um, he, work, he finds himself working in a, just a random bar on the side of a street somewhere yeah. and uh he he sings you are my sunshine yeah as, as a way of showing the uh showing the, the bar the bar owner that he can sing and he should employ him as a singer yeah, yeah, yeah. and he sings that and it's it, again it's just it's not one of his songs it's just a simple no, song we all kind of recognize i guess eight yeah. i recognized it more than knew it yeah but then a really beautiful scene i love and I always loved this scene. Um, was at the pretty much the very end. I don't want to. Oh, I'm going to have to give away. It's okay. Ending spoilers now, but... are fine. Spoilers are spoilers, fine. Spoilers are fine. Okay, so he's yeah. a ghost. Um, no, it's not that. Um, <laughs> the, he he comes back to see his to see his dad. Yeah. And to tell his dad that he's now a granddad. Yeah. And it there's a beautiful moment where. Laurence Olivier's character holds the the Polaroid of the baby yeah. and he almost scrunches it in his hand. You can see his hand tightening over it. It's such a, an, a kind of emotional moment for him when he realizes he has a grandchild and yeah. tradition, whatever it's going to be, tradition has continued somewhere down the line. Yeah. And he, he describes it as, he says, the baby wails like a canter. Yeah. And you can just see that father-son moment come together yeah. and yeah. you know i'm not trying to say that my dad and i have moments like that or anything because oh. i said we, it was all a very good relationship it was just not yeah, football yeah. um yeah. but I, I i guess that was one that i just really remember the actual yeah yeah the the crumpling up almost yeah of the and it, it wasn't that sounds like he kind of screwed it up to throw it away yeah, it, it's it, not it an emotional. anger is it it's, no, it's an no, emotional thing he, he wants really to have the grandchild it's not yeah, I don't want that and throwing it away. It is very much. I want to have this grandchild. Yeah. I want this as part of my life, and I can see that yeah. things are going to continue. Yeah. Have you got a favorite song? I mean, you mentioned there one that goes in with a nice favorite scene. Is there one song that stands out as being the one that, if you're putting on the best of Neil Diamond playlist on Spotify or wherever you get your music from, I'm not saying Spotify is your place, that you go, ah, yeah, go on that one. So, having spent many years as a reluctant child going to synagogue, <laughs> uh, the song where he speeds up really appeal to me <laughs> but if i'm looking for an actual song hello again is right. yeah. absolutely a, it's just beautiful I, I sang it a couple of times in auditions when i was back in my west end theater days <laughs> and i didn't get any jobs not in, as daddy in, pig sure not as no that wasn't a daddy pig song because i'd learned i'd learned my lesson by then when when you'd sing that song and the audition panel would go that's an interesting choice <laughs> and you realize that's not a good question. 
No, um, probably not. It, I love it. I absolutely love that song. Mm. It's it's about kind of reuniting, and it's in yeah. the film. In the film, it comes when he returns to. He's he's been on the road for a, a year. He's he's gone. He's his friend Bubba has come to tell him, "You're a dad. Yeah. You need to come back." She's doing it all by herself, and you've got to come. Yeah. And he hops on a bus and, and makes it back to LA. And it's a really just a lovely, beautiful sound. Yeah, that the song makes. Yeah, and it's so if I'm if I'm ever driving home from a gig and it's late at night and I need to stay awake, and I sing, I put something on the radio very loud. Yeah. It's going to be something like that. Yeah, because it's just it, it takes you all the way through the rain. I'm not a singer. I can I can sing. Right. I'm not. I'm not a singer. Daddy Pig was an actor who could sing. <laughs> I'm not a singer. But when I get alone in the car and I need to stay awake, That's my God, do. I could. Me and Neil Diamond, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> duet so, so, all the way home, are you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so that would be my my go to song. That's your favorite song on it? Yeah. Cool. Have you got a favorite line? A line of dialogue that's just like, ah, oh, that's that's perfect. I can use that. So something that's like a throwaway line, maybe, but you can go and use that one in everyday life. Um, or use on your own kids, maybe. Well, you, actually, if you hear this one, you might you might think I could use all my kids. I don't know. Uh, it's the it's the bit where the dad's talking about he's reminiscing about what happened in Germany, was why they yeah. had to leave, and there's just he has this accent. Laurence Olivier put this accent on, which I think upset the director earlier on right. and his his rationale was it's the same accent he used for boys from brazil so clearly he decided that was the you know <laughs> i i grew up around nazi germany um accent Fair um, but he's, he's just telling telling this story it's, he gets very moribund about it uh and he he says something like that, that they came that there were the bombs and the bullets that that's yeah. the bit i remember yeah. and it's just the way he says it with the accent the, the, yeah. the bombs and the bullets is i don't know why that stuck with me then but that did. But it's there. Um, Wales like a canter. Yeah. <laughs> Just love, love it. Yeah. Um, See, when you when you mentioned your kids, there, I thought you were going to go with the uh, "You're not my son" line. You're going to go with. But... <laughs> or is uh, it no, sorry, I have no son. I, I have no son. I yeah. have no son. Yeah. I I think it. Well, <laughs> I, I I do. Uh, if if we were talking about Oliver, then I would probably put boy for sale as my <laughs> my choice of song uh, how no. strange uh, yeah um so that those are some of the lines just... yeah is there a, a scene that to your mind you'd rather wasn't there that you feel like i can't watch this bit i gotta turn away or something like that there's a bit where it's, it's just after he's been arrested and he's back trying to do the right thing by his dad because his dad's they're having a celebration for his dad at the synagogue and he's going to be singing there and playing piano. Yeah. But beforehand he has to be teaching this kid his bar mitzvah portion. Yeah. So when a, when a Jewish child turns 13, they have their bar mitzvah and it's the coming of age. It's the, yeah, yeah. you know, the rite of passage and he's teaching this and there's a, this kid's just singing poor, poor kid. It, the song never made the soundtrack, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's singing his prayers and that's, it's after that bit that, he sat at the piano and he starts playing Love on the Rocks yeah. as a ballad, which is why it's relevant then that it's it's clearly not a ballad when Paul Nicholas's character does it. Yeah. But that bit with the the gawky teenager 
singing his Bermitzvah portion, which <laughs> I think they've probably done as a bit of light relief. It's, yeah. you know, the character in Simpsons whose voice is just breaking the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that. And it's just, I feel awful for the poor kid who probably... Has grown yeah. up with that on his CV. and <laughs> Oh, yeah, his... Should I, his name's David Coburn, and he's credited on IMDb as the bar mitzvah boy. And I've got oh, to tell wow. you, but you know, if you look at my, <laughs> if you look at my um, IMDb, I've got yep. far worse credits than that. So, <laughs> you know, I, I've played stunned nerd. <laughs> stunned nerd. That's a great part. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. I I've got very few named parts on IMDb. Check them out. I am a wasted. <laughs> Resource. <laughs> Things actually, if you then look on his IMD profile for the things he's done since then, mm. he's been in an awful lot of stuff. I'm sure they're all bit parts, but he's done it. He's done it. He's kept in yeah. the business. He's kept. Oh, he's, he's he's stuck at it. He's you know. Yeah, yeah. He's still still Star going strong. Yeah, Fresh Prince. Uh, yeah, yeah. And as I say, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't his fault. It's just the the scene always bugged me. Yeah. Because the rest of that. it was was just beautiful, and that yeah. poor, poor kid. There's there's a, a scene like that possibly in just about every film where you think, ah, oh, just why did they bother? They could just cut that yeah. out. That would have been five minutes trimmed off, or ten minutes trimmed off a minute. Nice, better runtime, whatever. But yeah. And so, if you look on my MDB, yeah. everything I've been in, that's the same story. They could have chopped out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm without yeah. question. They there's stuff that I've done. I did an episode of My Family where the joke I'm there to do, so I had one line, <laughs> the joke I'm there to do has already been told, and yet they, they kept it in. So I, I get that like, poor David Coburn, he's superfluous to everything, but they kept yep. it in, and it gave him a boost to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. At least it means yeah. you can see I was in the jazz singer, I suppose, doesn't it? Exactly. I worked with yeah. Neil Diamond once. you know, that's, that's... Very closely, yeah, very closely. That's a, that's a good good thing, yeah. Okay, normally I talk about remakes. Hmm. This is a remake of a remake of a remake because there's been yeah. three films versions of this beforehand. The original, obviously, with Al Johnson back in, I think it was 27, I seem to think. And it was the first talkie. The first talkie, yeah. It was, it the was then hmm. redone in the 50s. Yep. And then bizarrely twice in the 50s, actually. Bizarrely, the... the Second one, the fifties, is called the jazz singer, but it's Jerry Lewis, and it's almost the jazz comedian because he <laughs> he doesn't become a singer; he becomes a comedian. And then there's this one. Is this the definitive definitive version now? Then do we need another remake? Of it? I mean, there's been plenty of others. So, so I was thinking about this question. I I didn't realize there had been another remake. Yeah. In the fifties, I knew, I obviously knew about the twenty seven version, and I've seen yeah. bits of that. Yeah. Um, but. I didn't, you know, it, it was all right. But yeah, it's not quite the same, is it? The, it's not quite the same. And although in this version of The Jazz Singer, there is a tiny section where he vaguely blacks up in order to fit into a club, I don't think I wanted to watch the entire Al Jolson no. version. So I, I've not seen the, the whole thing. I've seen snippets of it. Yeah. I, I didn't realise the Jerry Lewis one was about a comedian because when I was thinking about... Um, would another remake be done? I was thinking, I, for me, I'd love to see it done as someone going into comedy. But yeah. The problem is, what what are you leaving? Because in The Jazz Singer, that, that I know and love, he's leaving 
being the singer at his synagogue in order to yeah. become a singer on the the wider global stage. Yeah. What synagogues well, I, don't don't have public speakers role. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I believe they kept that bit the same that he he was still the cantor, but. Right, he went off to I think to pursue another career as a singer, but actually it turned I out mean, in theory, Jerry Lewis was a comedian, so yeah, it would but in that theory, for him to do it as a the singer, so yeah, in in theory that is Jackie Mason's story because Jackie yeah. Mason was a rabbi and went into stand up, yeah, and became a hugely successful stand up comedian, yeah. but he'd start off as a as a rabbi. Same with, and um, maybe this is not quite as well documented, but in <laughs> The Simpsons. Um, the uh, is it Krusty the Clown's dad? Was it was it that? I don't know. Or, or maybe Krusty, story I'm aware of. Maybe, maybe it was Krusty the Clown actually. But but they because Jackie Mason I think did the voice for that. But oh, that's really really embarrassing. If that's wrong, that's me more it, embarrassing. It the fact that at eight I watched uh, the jazz singer <laughs> and f- fell in love with Neil Diamond. I'm, I'm sure in the Simpsons there was a a story about Krusty the Clown's dad being a rabbi who didn't like the fact that his son was a comedian right but i'm going to uh, i'm going to i'm going to help you out i'm going to look it up thank you and if That's it's if it's completely um nonsense then we'll put it out uh, I, think, I think it was rabbi no, you're absolutely right it was yes. rabbi krustovsky krustovsky there we are which I is probably okay. why he's crusty the clown they're taking the krustov yes. yeah. there you go you so, are absolutely right not a story i was aware of but there you go so the jazz singer basically links to The Simpsons, as most things do. As most things do, yes. yes. All good things end up at The Simpsons. In The Simpsons in yes. some way, yeah. Um, so, yeah, in terms of a remake, I, I'm i happy with the one that there is. I yeah. don't need it to be remade. No. If, if, it, if it was to be, fine. Because if that brings the story to another generation, fine. Yeah. The, the, for me, the joy of the jazz singer... I like is the original songs yeah. from Neil Diamond. So you'd have to yeah. find a singer that is fresh and can bring their own material to the show. Yeah. Because otherwise, what is what's different about it? What yeah. like the story has been told. It's not it's not that interesting a story anymore because probably not. No, no. A, a modern telling of giving up your family pocket in one city yeah, to yeah. go to another city when you've got. You know, you've got FaceTime, you've got uh, Zoom, yeah, WhatsApps, yeah. whatever. It's not, yeah, doesn't it's matter, not like you're it? a million miles away anymore. And no. It's unlikely that it would have as much of an impact on mm. the marriage. Or, or you know, you, you just make... They'd probably get a character to go viral on TikTok instead. <laughs> um, and that would be it. Yeah, it'd be a very, very different film, I suppose, wouldn't it? Yeah, from yeah. That point of view. And, and then the synagogue would be filled to the rafters each festival, but it's all with these, <laughs> all with these people wanting thirty-second snippets of prayer from this celebrity that they could then remix and change it around a bit, mm. do it a bit faster. Okay, is there anything you think we've missed? Anything you want to mention that just not covered? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. No. I think it's. Uh, yeah. I think we've kind of hashed it. <laughs> yeah, we've got a little bit of detail there. Enough detail yeah. that, that people who haven't seen it might go, hmm, I might want to see that. And those that have will go, yeah. I would definitely say, I know we've given spoilers, <clears throat> but if yeah. you if you are a fan of Neil Diamond, this is worth seeing anyway. Right. Yes, yes. Because he is, regardless of the Razzie, he is good in it as yeah. a singer. 
Yeah. I don't think he was a terrible actor in it. I no, have to not say, at all. I I, no. I really liked him in it. Um, but the soundtrack's great. The acting is what it is. I I liked it. I'm not going to say it's the best thing in the world if people are going to be like, well, actually, according to the Razzes. <laughs> Do you know great. what? You, you can't put that much weight on something like that because there's lots of people no. that have won Razzies that actually put in a fairly good performance. It's just they weren't as good as whoever it was that won an Oscar that year. So that's your favourite film. And mm-hmm. as I've often said on this thing, it, regardless of what any awards say, if it's your favourite film, it's got to be a good film. It's someone's favourite film, so therefore it's a recommendation to anyone who wants to watch it. Tough bit then, or at least I think it's tough. Can you sell the film in about 30 seconds? Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. No. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think as an eight-year-old. Um. <laughs> have you interesting? <laughs> uh, how do you say as an eight-year-old? Oh, wow. Um. I th- I think it has to come down to if you like the if you like the music of Neil Diamond, then this film, however else you feel about it, will offer you that. Fair enough. That yes, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I yeah, because I I could gush about it for ages just just because I've grown up with it. I, yeah. Um. I mean, you you might even see just behind me. There's a gold disc. I can the see the wall, gold disc on your wall. Yeah. Coincidentally, is from the jazz singer. Um, wow. Must have been one of my eBay purchases over the years, uh, which I don't think I'd even realised until halfway through recording this was that it was there, staring over me. But I, I think if I'm selling the film to somebody, it, it would be if you like Neil Diamond, this is the film. This, this for is you. the film for you. Um, In fairness, yeah. though, if you like Neil Diamond, you've probably seen this film already. Yes, <laughs> and, and listen to the Christmas album. Which I'm going to go and listen to after this show because I just I'm interested now to hear what so Silent Night with Neil Diamond sounds like because that sounds like a great one. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, it pleasure. has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Uh, can just remind people where they can find you out there in the big wide world of the internet. Yes, I am at Philips Comedy on all socials. So one L in Philip Philips Comedy. Um, also, no apostrophe, which is very frustrating, but Philips Comedy and uh, philipsimon.co.uk is my website. It's got gigs list. It's got all the various things I'm up to. And if you don't want to buy one of the joke books, it's philipsimon.co.uk forward slash shop. Excellent. Thank you very much for coming on. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Bye bye for now. No. <laughs> no. No son. Pop. He's got off. He's got off. Why are you doing this? Pop. 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 Why are you doing this? Pop. 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 Pop.